turn our Bibles today to Luke chapter 17. And in Luke 17, there's an interesting story. He said, he said, offenses will come, but if you bring the offense, it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea. How many of you know that would not be a good day? <laughs> now, I know he was talking to unsaved people, and I know that, but these, these rules are still applicable to us. We, we need to make sure that we don't bring anybody offense. And... Um, he, he, when he told them that, he said, you're better off with a millstone tied around your neck and thrown in the sea than to offend these ones, these little ones. And the first response they had was, Lord, increase our faith. Because they realized that you can't forgive anybody out of, the, out of your flesh. You've got to forgive people by faith. And then when you forgive them by faith, you're not forgiving them for them. You forgive them for you. So they can't torment you anymore. Right. So he told them that they said, increase our faith. And wouldn't it be so cool if you could just pray that to Jesus, say, Jesus, give me some more faith. Just want some more faith. But he didn't say that. He said, no. He said, if you had faith, like a sycamine tea tree, and I use this joke all the time, but it still works. I'm sick of yours. Are you sick? Are you sick of yours? I'm sick of mine. A sycamine tree. If you had faith like a mustard seed, you ever see a mustard seed? So small. He said, it's not about how much faith you have. It's about how much faith you use. If you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you would say. So your faith is activated by your speaking. So you need to hook your believer up to your speaker. Amen. If you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you would say something. What am I supposed to say? Be thou removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say will come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say, right? Believe. Speak to that sycamine tree. So let's have a look at it here. Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say, to this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Not much faith. A little tiny seed. And you've got it. He's, been given, he's given every one of us the measure of faith. It's like he's given every one of us muscles. Uh, my son has been developing his to the point where he gets in the backseat of a Jeep. I was like tra transporting a gorilla around. You know? <laughs> Get that leg out from the front seat, Joe. <laughs> saw a leg coming around the corner of the seat. No, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is he developed, the, he, he, he's a gym rat like his father. And so, um, he, and so not everybody's going to do that. I mean, if you don't know, everybody's going to do that, but you've all, you've all got the potential to do that. So whatever you do with your faith, it's the same way. Are you going to exercise your faith and produce things? Or are you going to live by sight? So I forgive by faith. He said, I can see that. But, th but then he says this in the next verse. But if you had a servant plowing and feeding cattle and said unto him, by and by, come in from the, the field and sit down and meet, will you not rather say unto him, take care of me? He's showing you that faith is there to serve you. Your faith is there to serve you. It's been given to you 
to produce. It's worked for God all these years. When he walked out in Genesis 12, 2, or Genesis 1, 2, and it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Maybe you've got places like that in your life. Darkness and void, empty of any production. And then what's the next thing he says? He says the Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the waters. And then he said, let there be light. He had to say that. He said, light be, and the glory of God came into the universe. How do you know it was the glory of God? Because the sun and the moon were not put in place until the fourth day. So God's glory came back into a universe. And when you read uh, the account of Genesis, it gives you the idea that earth, the earth was covered in ice. And it, when it says the Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the water, look it up. It means to incubate. And then the glory of God came. How? By speaking. What did he say to Abraham in Genesis in uh, Romans 4, 17? He said, he said, I want to tell you how it works, Abraham. You need to call those things that be not as though they were. You don't deny the fact that you're sick. You deny it's right to be there. You call yourself healed and made whole in Jesus' name. You don't say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's a lie. You say, no, no, your sickness, you don't have a right to be here. And then you walk it out. How long does it take? I don't know how long I've been in this. All I know is the father doctor has about that thick. And now, and now, so now they've hidden me on this medication prednisone. Last year, my head was swollen up this big. It's starting to come down a little bit now. But they want me off the prednisone, but you just can't quit that right away either. I thought, well, that's good. I'll just stop. No. No. <laughs> And so now that's another process, but it's, but it's kind of like life. It's kind of like life. You've always got something ahead of you and you stop looking behind you. And try to do what the doctor says. <laughs> or have four crazy friends. How about verse 11? It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there he met them ten men, lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go unto the priest. Go show yourselves unto the priest. But look at this next part. And it came to pass as they went. You know, it's kind of like getting prayed for in the front of the church. Well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. No, believe you receive. Yeah. Believe that God's anointing is in this place. When you think about it, even with the, with the, the guy that got laid, laid down by his four friends, the Bible says in one, maybe in Matthew's gospel, the presence of God was there to heal them all. The presence of God is in this room right now to heal everybody. Yeah, it's, it's it's the presence of God is there to heal them all, but only one guy got healed. How about the woman at the uh, the woman with the issue of blood? Now that's an amazing story in Mark five twenty five. She's she reached she heard about him. She said, "I can just touch the hem of his garment," because she read Malachi chapter four. She understood about the prayer shell, and she understood that 
he would arise with healing in his beams, healing in his prayer shawl. And so she reached out and touched it on her hands and knees after being sick for 12 years. 12 years of an issue of blood. You don't have any strength left in your body. I mean, you just just barely getting along. She spent every cent on the doctors and didn't get any better. But the Bible says she got worse. And she heard about Jesus. And then she went behind him in the press and touched his garment. And he said, who touched me? They said, are you kidding? Are you kidding? You're surrounded by people, throngs of people who touched you. But he had felt that anointing leave him because somebody touched him. So then the next part of that story is funny because she stopped. He's on his way to Jairus' house to play, pray for Jairus' kid, right? And so Jairus, the head of the synagogue, came to get him. And now he's heading back with Jesus, and this woman stops him. And then while she's got him stopped, she's going to tell her story. Have you ever heard a woman tell a story? <laughs> no, serious. She, she told him the whole story. While he was standing there and Jairus was pacing back and forth, he stopped because, because when, the thing that you learn about Jesus is he always operated from a place of rest. He didn't get anxious about anything. I mean, Lazarus died. He waited two more days. He didn't. He flowed in the Holy Ghost. He flowed with the rhythm of grace, and he was at peace all the time. So this, guy, this woman is telling him the whole story. He's just standing there. You know, listening to the whole thing, and Jairus is starting to pace it. Jesus said, hey, you know, just don't go there in your mind. Just keep believing. And then and then just strolled off after that woman. You know it took her a half hour to tell that story, the 12 years and the doctors and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever met a woman that... Anyway. There's a lot of women in the room, but the reason why it's called an Amplified Bible is because it has more words. Okay. Anyway, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. I know that um, James taught on this just a little while ago, so I'm not going to go into any great detail in it, but I want to take a look at it for a moment. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Now remember this. You guard your heart with all diligence for all the issues of life. Your heart is the soil, and the word is the seed. And whatever you plant, whatever you plant in the ground, for example, it'll try to, you can put a fence post in the ground, and the ground will try to rot that fence post and grow it. Whatever you plant in the ground, you, don't, you, you want marijuana, you plant marijuana. You want, um, what's, what, what is it that you planted to, to keep some mosquitoes away? Lavender? You want lavender? You plant lavender. And so why did he plant lavender? Because he wanted lavender. So your heart is the soil, and, and this, the seed is the word, but, whatever's, but whatever word you hear is seed. If you let it, if you, if you let it, you know, that's why Jesus, when he was teaching the in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we put on? He said, Those thoughts will come in your mind, but don't give them life by speaking them out your mouth. The moment you start to, whatever you talk about, you give life to. I said, Whatever you talk about, you give life to. So sometimes we just need to shut up. 
Well, let me tell you how I'm feeling. No, please don't. Unless you're feeling blessed. Hallelujah. You know, it's funny how things happen. Like I had been through this great big miracle two weeks ago, right? And so then I buy a laptop from Best Buy. And I took my old one in and and they they did it up, but the geek squad took it and did it up. I got home and it wouldn't work. Twice I took it home and it wouldn't work. So now I'm thinking, I'd like to take this. I'm just telling, I'd like to take it like a Frisbee. And, <laughs> and um, my daughter, Carolyn, who hasn't been in church since she's a teenager, talked me down. She said, Dad, you've got so much to be grateful for. How can you, after you've just had this big miracle two weeks ago, how are you going to let Best Buy disturb your peace? Now, why am I telling this story? Because it applies to you. God does something great in your life, and then somebody pees in your cornflakes. I'm not the only one. Uh -huh. But you learn from it, hopefully. We just, we're going and growing, amen? So when I understand that I can grow anything in my heart, I need to protect my belief system. Because you'll find that in this, this story that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He's after one thing, the word, because the word will build your faith. The word, and the word only comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not by praying to Jesus, increase our faith. No, you use what you have. Use what you have, and as you use that mustard seed faith, it will begin to grow. You're growing your faith right now. No, no, but think about it. He said, hey, you, nothing is impossible if you believe it. That sounds like there's no limits. Does that not sound like there's no limits? There's no ceiling on this deal? The creator of the universe, I told Abraham, consider the stars. Are you, are you kidding? There's 100 trillion in the Milky Way galaxy. He said, I know them all by name. I know how many hairs are on your head. Do you think I might be able to take care of you? Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but he wants, he wants that seed stolen before it gets down in your heart because God's going to tell you to go to the other side. And it's not just the other side of the lake. You go from where you are now into manifestation. You go from where you are right now to what you've been believing God for. You're going to go to the other side. And is there going to be a storm in the middle? Yes. Guaranteed there'll be a storm in the middle of your life, but you don't have to give in to it. You can do like Jesus did. Come on, be in the back. He said, let's go to the other side. And then he went into the back of the boat, laid down on a pillow and went to sleep. What did you say, Brother Jane? Oh, I know he could do that. I heard about it. I called and I called and Heather said he's sleeping right now. He's sleeping right now. In the middle of a storm, James went to sleep. Amen, Brother James. But let's go to um we need to look at verse um 13, 
he said unto them, he's saying unto us, if you'll understand, if you don't understand this parable, you won't know any of the parables. He said, you've got to get this. You've got to understand how this works because this is working in your life. Try not to get too excited about that. Okay. The sower, verse 14, sows the word. But when they have heard, now faith comes by hearing, not by having heard, by the way. They have heard Satan comes to steal away the word that's sown in their hearts. They that are like, they that are sown on the stony ground have no roots. You, get, uh, But again, these, these verses all refer us ahead to being rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, the past knowledge, so that you can be filled with the fullness of God. So he's saying you need to get some roots. But it says that but what happens is affliction comes and persecution comes. Why? For the word's sake, and immediately they are offended. Immediately they're offended. And when you're offended, just think about it this way. You're off and it's ended. Offended. Whatever you believe in God for, you get offended, you're off, and it's ended. Now you've got to start the process all over again. So affliction, I'm going to just give you some words here, and you can do what you want with them. Affliction. Doikio, to attach oneself to someone else and to be Relentless. Persecution, thrubo, to squeeze like a grape. Cares of life, miramino, to be an anxious worrier. I know there's nobody here like that. Worry, worry. You can worry the word, you know. Yeah, you can think, oh, God, whatever could go right is going right. Oh, God, I must believe, Romans 8, 28, that even though this thing doesn't taste good, it's just an ingredient in the cake. And all these things are going to work together for my good because I love you. And you said in verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 37, in all these things, all of these things, all of these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Mm. Deceitfulness of riches. Well, it's just the present illusion. It's kind of like we were talking to somebody the other day and, I, and talking about their wealth and all that. And I said, you know, uh, the money that you're talking about, it's kind of like drinking salt water. It, you, it'll never quench your thirst. The more you get, the more you want, and the more you'll think you need. When really God said, give us this day our daily bread. It's kind of like the word of God. You can't live on yesterday's word or yesterday's manna. You have to have an infusion of the word of God today. It won't work from yesterday. You need it fresh every single day. You can't gather it up and save it up. You need to make sure that you're in the Word of God every day. It's not a struggle when you're in love. And if you're not in love, hang around. You will be. The lust of other things. Really, and when I think about that, it's just the things that conflict, conflict with God's will for my life. You know, Am I keeping Him first? Why did I want God's healing to work in my life? So I go on vacation? Well, yeah. 
but that's not what it is. It's like, God, what can I do with the rest of my life to make it count for you? What would you have me do to fulfill the call of God that's upon my life today? I don't want to be half-baked. I want to do it all the way. I've, got, I've been given, a, in my mind, I've been given a new lease on life. And I don't want to waste it. Well, where can we go now? Um, I guess we should read a little further. Verse 20. These are they that are sown on the good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Good ground. Because God doesn't watch over uh, his, my problems. God doesn't watch over my problems to perform them. He watches over his word to perform it. Remember that, Jeremiah one twelve. he's watching over his word, and that's what needs to be coming out of my mouth. He watches over his word to perform it, not to solve my problems, not solve my problem. He said, I, he said, if i got a mountain in my life, I need to say to this mountain, God, I want to talk to you about my mountain. He said, no, I don't want you to talk to me about your mountain. I want you to say to this mountain, this circumstance, just like I did to the fig tree, I want you to speak to that circumstance and say, be thou removed and cast into the sea and don't dote in your heart, but believe the things that you, wait now, wait now, believe the what? Believe the things that I say will come to pass. Oh, but here's the next part. And I will have whatever I say. Oh God, what am I saying? Oh God, what are the words that are coming out of my mouth? Are they life and blessing or death and cursing? You said, choose life. I'm choosing to have words of life. Hallelujah. Words of life. That's why I must rejoice in the Lord always. You know, it's interesting. I think Pastor Paul was talking about this the other day. Talking from uh, Nehemiah 8.10, where it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you read that story back a little bit, it says they read the word of God. And they were so, so sad. They were sorry because they didn't measure up with the word of God. Now these guys, they were fasting seven times a year. God had called them to one fast, Yom Kippur, but they had developed all these other ones themselves. And they were doing this fast and all that. And here's Nehemiah standing up and saying, you know what, you guys, you got to stop being sorry. You need to stop being sad because there's no power in being sad. And there's no power, power in sorry. Sorrow, sorry comes from sorrow and you're not to be in sorrow. You're to be in faith. He said, don't be sorry. And then he said, eat. Now, love you, carnivores, like this next part. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. <laughs> There's not a lot of vegan stuff in there. But anyway, uh, eat the fat and drink the sweet. Because the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, he said, I've left you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I left you my righteousness, I left you my peace, and I left you my joy so that you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Your life ought to be filled with joy. When you're focused on the right thing, me, he said, then you'll be happy. Huh. Come on. What's it say in Psalm 1611? In his presence is, come on, in his presence is fullness to joy. And at his right hand 
pleasures forevermore. So when I'm in his presence, good things are happening. Even when bad things are happening, good things are happening. He said, verse 20, he said, there's of these that hear the word and receive it, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And he said unto them, as a candle brought under the bushel and under a bed and not set on a candlestick, for, the, for there is nothing hidden that shall not be manifested, neither anything kept secret that shall not be revealed abroad. If any man have an ear to hear, let him hear. Verse 21. There is a verse. Let me see my glass. I get, I'm getting new glasses too, by the way. So 24. No, everything has changed. My vision has changed. It's all changed. Verse 24 is what I want to focus in on now. I call this, and maybe somebody else called it this too, but I'm calling it the law of attraction. He said unto them, take heed what you hear, because whatever you measure shall be measured back to you, and unto you that hear shall much more be given. So what that says to me is you'll draw unto you situations and opportunities, good or bad. But, but things that are consistent with your abiding state of mind, what you're thinking about, you're attracting to you. What you're speaking about is you're attracting yeah. to you. So when you're, that's why, when you, when you do what the word of God says, not be conformed to this world, but transformed by renewing your mind by the word of God to prove the good, the acceptable, perfect will of God for your life. I'm not conformed to this world. I'm not informed by this world. I am transformed. Metamorphosis is taking my pl place in my life because I speak the word of God. And as I speak the word of God, I'm being changed from glory to glory in the image of your son. So there's a change taking place, and it's a good one. But don't forget the law of attraction. And don't forget verse 35. Verse 34. No, verse 35. That same day after he had taught them all of this, after he had taught them all of this, there's a test. After you're being taught this today, there will be a test. Oh, yippee, I love tests. <laughs> I know. Somebody was on Facebook the other day, media, a minister, talking about how God will use the devil to teach you stuff. I, I, I wasn't going to respond, but... Um, I said, I got about 50 scriptures to shoot that idea down, but just to give you one, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted by God. For God tempts no man with evil. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He's a good God. He's a good God. So now here's Jesus telling them to go to the other side. And so he's telling them, the what, but he's not telling them the why. He's saying, I want to go to the other side now. And, uh, and because he said that he could go into the back of the boat and go to sleep, but they were not so privileged to do that. Verse uh, 36, and when they sent away the multitude, they were given into a ship, People sometimes I don't realize they don't realize too how hard the disciples worked. Like, what would you do if you had to 
feed 5,000 people and there's only 12 of you. Even though you're not producing this food, you're passing it out. And then at the end of the day, you'd like to go lay down somewhere? No, that's not how God works. He, he doesn't wait until it's convenient for you to do something in your life. I thought you'd be encouraged by that. So, <laughs> so they're probably relieved now. They, they sent the multitude away and said, oh, thank you, God. I had enough of this for today. Sent away the multitude. And then they got in the ship. And there was other little ships. And right in the middle of it all, there arose a great storm of wind. Oh, by the way, this guy also said, he talked about Job and how, how Job had been through such suffering. And can we just settle that in Job chapter 3, verse 24, 25? Job said this out of his own mouth, what I have always feared, not an ounce of faith in his life, but I've always, he had a bunch of religious junk and he offered up sacrifices for his kids every single day but it was just a ritual. He said, what I have always feared is now fine. Can you see it? But how about this? What I have always faithed has come upon me. He said, neither was I in rest or safety. Well, I can say, no, I'm at rest and I'm safe. Hallelujah. And trouble came. Trouble wiped him out. But he went through all of those chapters up until chapter 32, when the young Holy Ghost began to speak, the three friends shut up and the Holy Ghost, and he said, I've been listening to you all day. Now let me have something to say. But that's your spirit, man. You know, the old man, the flesh man, has got like three opinions, but the fourth guy starts bringing, he says, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Where were you when I put the stars in space? Like, like answer me if you've got an answer. And Job's there, well, <laughs> <laughs> but then Job said this in chapter, I think chapter 40. He said, I heard about you with the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you. And he got double for his trouble. Amen. After he prayed for his friends. <laughs> and that was the hardest thing he had to do after that, all of that. <laughs> Where was I anyway? I'm all over the gospel here. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Paul. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. No, but this is, you. are you a Christian? Then you ought to be able to go to bed at night and sleep. Goliath is going to be there every night and every morning, declaring there's no God for you, just like he did with him for 40 days. He'll do that with you every night. Before you go to bed, he'll try to trouble your sleep. When you wake up in the morning, when you're supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord, the first thing that comes is a burden. What am I going to do about this? Casting the whole of your care upon him. That casting the whole of your care upon him is the word ekbalo. Ek is where you get the word exodus or exit, and balo means to throw. It means to throw a ball as far as you can throw it. You're getting rid of your cares. You're carefree. Not careless, but carefree. He said, he said you weren't built to carry care. You weren't built to handle that. And when you stop handling it, I'll start helping you. Not until you stop doing it yourself will God start doing it for you. Why? Because he's God. And he's looking for one thing. With Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible. 
Well, with faith, all things are possible. But he said, you've got to believe me that I exist. And you've got to believe that I'm your rewarder, not your punisher. Religion told you I'm out to get you. But I'm not out to get you. I, I, what I wanted, what, how I hated sin was laid upon Jesus so that he'd be the propitiation for your sin. He's poured his blood out on the heavenly mercy seat so that you could have faith in the blood, only the blood, plus, minus, nothing. It's his blood that does it all. It's not you and your good looks, although you all look good here today. It's got nothing to do with any of that. He was in a hundred part of the ship in a pillow, on a pillow asleep. They woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Yeah, that's exactly why I brought you out here. I brought you out here in the middle of the lake to drown you all. I know some of you would have. but <laughs> I mean, who couldn't get tired of these guys? <laughs> No, but one day he said, how long must I, how, must long, how long must I suffer you, 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 you bunch of bandits? <laughs> Peter said, no, I'm the guy, I'm the rock. I'll never deny you, never fail you, never forsake you. Other people will die for you, will run away, but I'll stand right here. He's the first one out the gate. Yeah, because it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by the Spirit of God. I'm trying to get through this. Okay. He rebuked the wind, the demon, and said unto the sea, Shh! And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, look at what he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, what manner of man is this, that the sea shall obey him? Now, they didn't know, but their night's going to get worse. We're not, we're not going to get into where they ended up in the Gadarenes, and the, a naked man comes running out of the tombs, chains hanging off them. They, they finally get to the shore at 4 o'clock in the morning, thinking, thank God that test is over, and ah, some freak comes out of the tombs. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm saying it could get worse. <laughs> we better go to, let's go to, um, um, let's go to, uh, how about Second Thessalonians? How about verse 2? Grace unto you and peace. From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, for it is necessary because your faith, look at this, your faith grows exceedingly. And the love that one you have toward, toward one another is abounding. And, you know, your faith can outgrow your love walk. I mean, faith and love work together. And so... The, the more faith you're walking in, the easier it is to love people because you've learned how to forgive. Your faith grows exceedingly. And again, revelation knowledge is where faith comes from. It's not the knowledge, the book knowledge, even though you study to show yourself approved, a workman under God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Revelation knowledge is what changes you. It's not until it becomes a revelation it becomes a revelation through your meditation. 
But I mean, this is the law that governs this universe. And faith, write this down, faith goes as far as your forgiveness. If your faith is not moving, your mountain is not moving, rather, if your faith is not growing, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Check out what you've been talking about. Verse 4, he said, so we ourselves glory um, in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith. And But look at this. Even though you've got this trouble, persecution and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteousness judge, the righteous judgment of God, that you're counted worthy of the kingdom of God and that you also suffer. Verse 16, it is a righteous thing for God to recompense tribulation to those that trouble you. So you are going through things, and, and it is related to God's suffering, but the suffering that Jesus went through, my Bible says, he suffered being tempted in all points like us, yet without sin. So the temptation that you have is to do something wrong. And when you keep doing something right, your faith grows. Amen. So keep doing just keep doing the right thing. And the cool part about it is if you do something wrong, quickly go to first John one nine and say, God, I missed it today. I know you're surprised, God. But <laughs> you're probably shocked. Anyway, I love you and I thank you that you're my crazy friends. And I thank you that I'm able to sit here today with a new lease on life. And I attribute again, it wasn't my faith that did it. I know it wasn't my faith because I didn't know what to believe God for. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.